0: 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to welcome in Angie Majato, owner of BeaverBlitz.com, covering Oregon State for 24-7 sports. Angie joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is underway. Take advantage of their save now, pay later promotion, and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at SmartRain.net. Angie, Good morning.
1: Good morning. It's, it's appropriate you have Smart Rain as your sponsor because it is pouring here in Oregon.
0: <laughs> and it, That's a shock. I, yeah, we, were, we were talking about this early in the week, and it looked like it was going to rain every single day for like a week You know before, during, and after the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't know. It, it was, it was, I mean, I'm an Oregonian, so I'm used to rain, but it poured last night. Good times here. Good times.
0: All right, all right. before we get in, get into the game and break this down, PK was musing earlier. He wants to know if you're related to Manny.
1: <laughs> you know what? Probably somewhere down the line. No, I don't know. No, it's my husband's name. and It's actually Portuguese, so I don't know if Manny's Portuguese. So I, I, I get asked all the time if I'm related to Manny or Rob Machado, the surfer, and I'll take any of the above, sure.
2: Well, it's a cool last name. It rolls off the tongue so well.
1: It does. It yeah. does.
2: How about rain during the game?
1: There you go. See?
2: Is All it, kinds. Is it going to?
1: Um, act, well, so I watched a weather forecast last night that actually showed kickoff forecast, and, you know, the the weatherman said it might be dry during kickoff. Okay. We'll, we'll see.
0: And then by the middle of the first quarter, it'll pour again.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Hopefully the pouring will get out of its system like today. That's that's the hope. But, yeah, it we haven't had rain like this in, in quite some time, so... I mean, like, like you guys, we had a little drought kind of go in the summer, but, um, yeah, it'll, it'll disappear pretty quickly here with this.
0: So I'm curious with the, with the running game in the rain, you know, when you're straight ahead between the tackles, I just don't think it's that big a deal. If you've got people who are looking to bounce outside, make a cut, you, you'll see people both offensively and defensively, their feet going out from under them. But is Oregon State just more straight ahead? It's full yeah. contact between the tackles. We're coming at you.
1: Yeah, I mean, they are. And that's, you know, I had questions going into the season about the run game, you know, after Jamar Jefferson declared for the draft a year early and um, we had a couple untested. You know, BJ Baylor had some spot action and then Oregon State picked up Deshaun Fenwick, a a transfer portal guy from South Carolina. So that was kind of my question. You know, I I thought Oregon State was loaded at wide receiver and and quarterback was okay. There were some questions there, but the offensive line and then the the duo of BJ Baylor and Deshaun Fenwick have been. really unstoppable. And I, I hate to say that, but, um, you know, watching that Washington State game, Washington State could not stop the run game. And for whatever reason, Oregon State decided on that last drive when they were, were trying to, to tie it up to, to get away from the run. But um, the offensive line is the strength of this year's offense, and they have been doing a heck of a job in, in that run game blocking.
2: So the Beavers start out a little slow, but then they get on a roll, and then they lose to uh, the Cougars up in Pullman. Uh, how much of the situation of maybe the air out of the balloon, or it's just hey, it's just one loss? Everything that we want is still in front of us.
1: You know, it, it's interesting because that's, I'm really anxious to see how this team bounces back because that they had that tough loss in Pullman and then have that, the bye week. So you know, we haven't seen much from the coaches. You know, from the the week following, right immediately following that Washington State loss. But the one thing I will will say is that this coaching staff, you know, with Jonathan Smith, um, he's so even keel. He never gets too excited and he never gets too down. So I think you know the team will will respond to him. But I do want to see. I I expect the team to come out a little sluggish to start the game. And um, Utah is probably the best opponent that the Beavers have faced yet um, this season so um, I don't think they can really afford to be too sluggish for too long but um, that is it, we just released our, our staff picks and that was my question is how does this team respond are they going to come out you know ready to go or are they going to come out a little sluggish in that first quarter so um, if they come out sluggish it, it could be a long day for Oregon State.
0: The 240 yards per game, number one in the Pac 12 in rushing, that came up at Kyle Winningham's press conference at the start of the week. Everyone's dialed into that number. Uh, but the fact that they ran for less than 80 yards against Purdue in the opener. Well, first off, I'm curious how, how did that happen? Was it just it's the opener? It's on the road, and stuff happens. But then since then, that means they're averaging, they're averaging 270 yards a game. These are this is what you would expect out of Air Force, and when we saw enough of Air Force in the Mountain West Conference days, and Utah State's still playing them. So how did they get stopped that first game, or is that just completely an outlier and doesn't matter?
1: It was. It's interesting because Oregon State actually started with Sam Neuer as the quarterback in that game. Um, and he was the quarterback midway through the third quarter. So before they made the switch to chance Nolan. So, um, the offense really did nothing under Neuer sputtered. Um, they were trying to pass more and then, um, you know, Purdue just had an answer kind of for, for everything. But when chance Nolan came in, the Beavers were able to put up two quick touchdowns and get it, you know, within striking range. Um, and we're, we're moving the ball with him. So, um, Yes, we've seen the O-line in the run game get better as the, as the season gone on, has gone on, but the play calling has also changed dramatically since those first two-and-a-half quarters um, in West Lafayette.
2: Concerned about the defense, you know, they're allowing almost 50% on the third-down conversions, and Utah's offense is coming in with a ton of momentum on all four possessions in the second half against the Sun Devils. They scored touchdowns. So what's the level of concern there about Oregon State being able to get off the field defensively? You know, that's
1: you know, Oregon State's defense has been the Achilles heel of this team for, for years. I mean, going back, you know, 10 years now, um, especially, though, under the Gary Anderson Years and now under the Tim Tibisar, Jonathan Smith years, this te- this defense is better. Um, but that third down number is striking. They're they're ranking 124th out of 130 teams in third down conversions right now. Um, I asked Coach Smith that at the press conference because to me that's concerning. That has not improved in his four years. I asked him if that was a scheme or a personnel issue because Washington State converted. Eight of eight, they're down conversions in the second half uh, two weeks ago. So that was, you know, he, he kind of gave me the coach speak of, well, it's a little bit of both. Um, it's a little scheme. It's it's some personnel and it's some um, of the opponent just making plays. But that has to be a huge concern and that has to change. You know, Oregon State, looking at the second half of the season, has Utah, they have Stanford, they have ASU and Oregon, all to close off this year. And if, if they want to make a bowl game and, and finish, as, as strong and as hot as they kind of start it this year that has to be the biggest concern of this of this team
0: because of the schedule is no one talking about winning the division
1: no that's that's still there um i think it's kind of on on the back burner you know it, it's kind of in the the back of everyone's mind and you know they don't really want to talk about it because they want to stay focused on one game at a time and um you know they are you know tied with oregon for for the pac- 12 north and and this is a team that has done some really good things they just need to tighten up some things and um, you know, I, I think fans never would have expected expected them to be in this position right now. Um, you know, it was bowl gamer. You know, this was this was a year. You know, get to six wins and make a bowl game, and and now everyone's kind of looking at whoa. You know, this this could be a, a big year. So um, it's kind of the unspoken around the team, though. And uh, Jonathan, like I said, even Keel, Jonathan Smith, and seriously, I have never seen a coach as even Keel. I thought Mike Riley was even Keel, and. And Jonathan Smith is, is even more so than him. So um that's it's that one game at a time mentality. And I'm excited for this game though, because Oregon State and Utah it, it seems to be a, a pretty fun matchup year after year.
2: How many yards do you think they have to run for in order to win?
1: Gosh, if the weather's as bad as it is now, they have to run for, you know, two fifty to three. Um and and the passing game, you know, that's where I, I thought Oregon State would really shine this year. You know, they have a couple tight ends that really haven't performed like I thought they would, like what we saw in fall camp, um, and a and a slew of, of wide receivers. So um but I with the weather the way it is, I think they have to run for three hundred.
0: So is that really any team or just looking out the window it wouldn't matter who's playing, it doesn't matter. I mean, can the youth the Utes are getting good at throwing the ball to their tight end and they're getting some plays out of their wide receiver, but is this just not it's just not doable given how things are up there right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, Oregon State likes to do that too. Um, you know, like I said, they have a couple tight ends, Luke Musgrave and Tegan Quatoriano. They have, like I said, a slew of wide receivers. This is a group that they're they're what eight deep. So um, it's not like you have one guy that they're going to focus on. And I and I know they'd like to be balanced to be able to run and pass the ball. But like I said, if, it, if it's not raining, yes, absolutely, I think both Utah and Oregon State are going to have some success in the passing game. But just what they're expecting and what they're calling for, I think it could be pretty nasty. Um, when, when you hear the word atmospheric river um, <laughs> on the weather forecast, <laughs> that that just makes me think uh, it's going to be a, a ground-and-pound game for both teams.
2: But when Nolan throws, they like to throw the ball downfield because they don't really throw the ball to the backs.
1: No, yeah. I mean, we, we are seeing – it's interesting because I, I think they've been pretty vanilla still with some of their play call and – and we've seen some pieces of a, of a fly sweep returning back to Corvallis and that has worked really well. I mean, Oregon state does have a couple really small, quick receivers that, that can do that fly sweep real similar to what we used to see with James Rogers and Brandon cooks and Sammy Stratter and some of that. But um, there's a, there's a lot of the playbook I don't think we've seen offensively, but um, you know, you have Ty John Lindsay's healthy and he's really come along this year. He's a, a four star transfer that came in from Nebraska um, we have Treshawn Harrison lining up for the, for the Beavs that um, he was a, a local Washington state four-star that transferred from Florida state. So Oregon state is making a lot of use of that transfer portal and bringing guys in with maybe a, a higher talent level than some of the preps they may, they may recruit. But um, another name I'll, I'll throw it out there for your, for your listeners is Ant, uh, Anthony Gould. He's really come on strong the past couple games and not a name that many people would have heard about recruiting he's a local kid from west salem high school and um fast shifty and has made some big big plays down the stretch here for oregon state
0: we're joined right now by angie machado owner of beaverblitz.com covering oregon state for 24 7 sports and i am uh I'm curious of what you think watching the whole league here. It seems like when you just look at the standings, there's five teams with a chance to win the conference. But can you narrow that down pretty quickly, looking at them and dismiss some of those teams?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I mean, watch it. It's been kind of wild to watch. But I, I think when you look at the north, I think you have to look Oregon. Oregon State are kind of right there. Stanford maybe the, the next tier down. Um, but I think those three kind of stand out. I think the Pac-12 South, ASU and, and Stanford, or ASU and Utah, obviously are, are right there. I, I just like Utah's physicality, um, so I, I I would actually, and I actually picked Utah to win the Pac-12 South this year preseason. So um, it, it's I'm happy, I guess, to see the the Utes uh, stepping up, and and then UCLA, they're they're kind of an enigma. I, they should be really really good, and I think they've shown to be good, but um, they they can stumble too. I, I think everybody in this league can stumble, um, you know, and in Oregon, I.
0: Well, we lost Angie right there. That was abrupt. It was. I thought I pulled my headphones out of my socket. I'm here. And okay, she's good. back. All right. Hey, good
1: I'm back. Sorry. Technology. No, I, I,
0: technology's little, great until it isn't.
2: A little rain delay. No problem.
1: No, yeah, it's rain delay. So no, I, I was saying that I think when you look at the north, Oregon State, Oregon and, and then Stanford, maybe the next year down are you're kind of the, the top three that stand out there. I I do think Oregon has has not been as dominant as people think they are. I I, I don't think they are unbeatable at all. Um Utah. I picked Utah to be the the Pac-12 South to win the Pac-12 South preseason, and and they're kind of stepping up to that role. And then ASU, I think, is, is right there. But um, I think what we saw from Utah ASU was, um, you know, again puts Utah above them in in the as the cream of the crop of the of the South.
2: I think Oregon State's uh, key here is uh, they finally found some stability in coaches. And Smith's one of your own, so to speak. There. And recruiting is picking up. I know it's a big recruiting weekend. They're expected to have a lot of kids at the game to uh, show off the program, so that's going to help. But it looks like, from a distance anyway, that this program's trajectory is pointing up.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, Coach Smith said it wasn't going to be a, a quick turnaround, and um, but yeah, he, being that he played at Oregon State, went to school at Oregon State, he uses that, you know, on the recruiting trail. That hey, I've been the, I've lived in these dorms, I've walked this campus and um, you know, he knows what it takes to win. You know, he was part of the quarterback on that team that finished number four in the nation in 2000. And uh, he, he knows, so he has built this team. There's stability. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how he can keep the staff together um, as they find more success. But um, you know, he is, he's getting a better, you know, he's, he's drawing attention from better athletes and uh, he's, he's got them believing in Corvallis and in that locker room that, and, and I think his tagline is "We ain't done yet," and and they really they do believe that.
0: Well, if I've taken anything away from uh, a few minutes on the phone with you here, it's the phrase "atmospheric river." That sounds like a it's good the atmospheric
1: time. Atmospheric river, yeah. So see, look at that. You you talk to me about football, and I'm able to drop some knowledge about weather.
0: Atmospheric river. Now well, that's the kind of it's kind of football game Kyle Whittingham would probably prefer anyway. Just smash mouth football, and here we go, yeah, Angie. Yeah. Thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a great day, you guys. Angie Machado, owner of beaverblitz.com, covering Oregon State for 24-7 sports. So there it is. Ground and pound. Let's go. See who can shove each other around for three hours and win that game.
2: I have a hard time imagining that a team against Utah, Utah's defense, is going to give up 300 yards on the ground.
0: I agree with you. But if, they, if Oregon State runs for 200, do they win? I mean, the average is 240. No. 270 since the opener. No. If you keep it at 200 or below,
2: it's a W, baby. Because I think that Oregon State's defense is not going to be... Uh, good enough. Basically, yeah. yes. They're, so. they're just not good
0: enough. That number, the fact that teams are converting, I think it's 48.9% of their third downs. 124th out of 130 in Division One football. The neighborhood they are hanging out includes Kansas and UMass. Third down's the only down. Get off the field, all that kind of stuff. If you're really bad at that, then you just can put together some drives. And this could be a really good game to have multiple backs. A lot of carries, long drives. You be the team with 70, 75 snaps. Make sure they get 50 or 55. Play keep away. Never let them get in rhythm. I feel better about
2: Utah's chances after listening to her.
0: DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Alex Brink, Washington State Radio Football Analyst, will join us again. Washington State, lost to Utah State, lost to Utah, and now they got BYU coming in. We'll talk with Alex coming up at 9.10, right here on 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone.